0: always beers and banter i'm your host dave here with me Kias and hyperion titan wow. gods anthony and moose I what's like it. up hello I, f- I figured you guys wouldn't know right off the bat what those were so hyperion well, yeah, we, we already
1: brought it up in a previous episode for our uh long-time did we? listeners we did, did we? Oh. we did we did hyperion yes because i was talking about watching the um I'll never remember what the name of the movie is now, but we were talking about. Uh, I had watched the movie with the uh, King Hyperion. He kills the Titans.
2: Oh, it's um.
1: Oh, great! Yeah, no. Or I know. he releases. Clash, he clash he
2: releases of the wrath no, 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 of the no, no, Titans. No 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 no, 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 It's like the those. people that did. It, it looks like the three hundred movie, and it's with the dude that plays Superman. Uh,
0: he's Henry, in it, Henry he, Cavill, and Mickey yeah, Henry R- Cap- Mickey Rourke plays Mickey Rourke. Uh, Hyperion King Hyperion. Okay. Look. Well, Hyperion is the Titan God of light and observation. He shone his light upon us, which is the <laughs> correct usage of the term. Moose and I Googled it later. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah. And then Kius is the Titan God of the oracles, wisdom, and foresight, which if that's not relevant to fantasy, I don't know what is. So I don't know. For now, Moose is a three-time champion. I think it should probably be Kius. And Anthony, you can take Hyperion and you may shine your light upon us. Sure. But you guys are a couple of Titans, and um, Titans will be uh, the main subject of our first headline, but before we do, should probably explain to our YouTube watchers Why we're wearing these ridiculous masks, but we can't explain them yet, but we will explain it in our beer segment later on. So please stay tuned for that. Are you guys planning on keeping these luchador masks on the whole podcast? Keeping it on,
1: keeping it, keeping on it on.
0: You want to know why? We're committing to it, yeah.
1: Because I am an immortal, which is the name of the movie that we were trying to... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. You are Kiosk uh kios the immortal i'll tell you it's a little itchy it's a little annoying but yeah. you know i'll wear it on for our beard. fans for our fans it's, it's uh, least we a small do. penance i mean it's nothing compared to the year we've had with quarantine and everything so oh, we're literally mask happily we're literally wearing a mask on the rest of our face besides where you should be besides wearing where we i thought it'd be hilarious when covid's over when masks are done that you go out in public wearing these masks <laughs> <laughs> and you know, or even like right on the cusp of when it's done, and you're supposed to wear a mask and just go in with this and be like, "I am wearing a mask." We're talking about, but it's a luchador yeah. mask. And of course, Anthony's got his Chicago Bears. Moose has the New England Patriots. I am stuck with the Seahawks mask because they were sold out right. of Steelers well, ones. So, oh, there you go, Moose. Now you're there you go. full. You're full ready, Mo- ready for COVID
1: his, and non-COVID. I think yeah, I Moose has his too.
0: actual Patriots um, mask on. That's great. Oh, beauty. Yeah. Bears, Steelers ones over there. So, all well, right, yeah, was- let's. Um, so we'll explain the Lucha masks later, but let's get into the headlines. And the first one being that officially huge news this morning, breaking that Julio Jones has been traded to the Tennessee Titans. Um, and at first it was one of those today in these, this day and age guys, news breaks so quickly that it's like, it's like, Oh, he's traded. It's going to be official, but it's not official yet. Guys. Nobody knows that it's official. Like one of those. And then hours later it comes in that it's official Julio Jones traded to the Titans um, Atlanta gets a 2022 second-round pick next year and a 2023 fourth-round pick, two drafts from now. Tennessee gets Julio and a sixth-round pick in 2023. So a second and a fourth go to Atlanta. Tennessee gets Julio Jones and a sixth-round pick. So not that first-round pick that apparently they were waiting for, but I'm guessing this was the a combination of the best they could get but also a team that Julio was willing to to go to because I believe they were respecting his wishes by sending him to what he called a contender. And according to him, a quarterback that could throw the deep ball. So is Tannehill that guy is Tannehill going to be getting him the ball? Like, what do we think about Julio in Atlanta versus Julio now in Tennessee? Does it change your opinion on him at all for fantasy?
1: Uh, for me? No. Um so the, the only same. thing so, though, which is a low opinion, right? Moose. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm uh, uh Yes.
2: Production-wise, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think... Like, w- we talked a bit about this before. I think regular football, it's very good for him and very good for the Titans. Okay.
0: I'm just messing with you, man.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Um, Go ahead. But for fantasy, I think the only way that it would be advantageous for fantasy players is that he is the second guy. They don't have to rely as much on him like Atlanta did. Um, so then maybe he gets a little bit of a break, doesn't get as injured, but we'll have to see. Like we'll not,
0: uh, We don't so, know with him. I, yeah, so I think he was already being... He, we were already fading Julio a little bit. I think right, that's right. also been reflected so far in his ADP on platforms. He's going like in the fourth round of redrafts. So I think, to me, it doesn't change that much for Julio. Um, right. He's still, like you said, Anthony, dependent on injury and if he's playing. What do we see now? So for me... I was very high on AJ Brown, as many in the fantasy football community were, because he was he was literally the only receiver with Corey Davis gone, Johnny Smith gone. He was solo, and people were getting really excited that for someone who's one of the most efficient receivers in football in terms of yards per catch, yards after the catch, if his targets were to go up, like he was going to see like 150 targets. Now with Julio there, it comes back down to reality. So me personally, I'm not gonna drop AJ Brown. Like crazy, but to me, he goes from being like a like a top five guy to a lower end wide receiver one. You guys, Moose Nathy, were already kind of seeing him as a low-end wide receiver one. Does he change it all for you? AJ Brown?
1: No. No, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I mean, it's gonna be it's a really tough situation to predict, but uh, yeah, I mean, Julio
2: Moose, Jones, you are, you are, but, Kius, but but look at how God, God of, Ridley, God, did. God Titan, yeah.
0: God of uh, Oracles, wisdom and foresight. So we're looking at you here. Yeah. So, I
1: mean, I I would think if anything, uh, AJ Brown might take a dip, but I don't, I don't honestly believe that.
0: Right, okay. um, and like
1: I just said, Calvin
2: Ridley was productive with Julio there. Yeah, so in uh, that offense, yeah, you you have yeah.
0: to
1: assume that AJ Brown is just because of youth, is uh, a little bit stronger, probably a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Julio, on the other hand, is, uh, you know, he's an old dog who's going to have to learn new tricks uh, on a new team. And, uh, you know, who knows? It could be be tough. Like, the transition might not be, you know, like I'm seeing a lot of, obviously, you know, we've always said Julio Jones, very talented, very talented wide receiver. But, you know, like... He's really adjusted to Atlanta. So now you go somewhere else, you know, and everybody's hyped like he's a rookie, but he's yeah. not, you know, but he's that's the sprint. thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's, like know, he's AJ, Brown is, AJ Brown is still the future. So they're not going to, like, I mean, AJ that's Brown it. is the guy over there.
0: So do you see this as a one, a one B scenario, kind of like what it was in Atlanta last year, or is it more of a AJ Brown is the one Julio is the two. I, I kind of see it
1: like, uh, and this is unfortunate because <laughs> I know he's super exciting and I know this, this like commentary won't go for well, but it's kind of like when like these teams bring in these older running backs and people are like, yeah, he's getting another chance. And then it's like, well, he did. Okay. Yeah. It works. You 50-50. Know, like, I don't like, think it, it, like, I mean, keep in mind last year was like, his first. Do well, and last and year was out. his
0: first non sensational. Right year for fantasy that that was his first one of his career like he's been an absolute phenom so far yeah but okay. you know like I said he's <laughs> he's he's getting older and uh, yeah. like do we have a age on him here thirty I believe he's thirty or thirty one Anthony yeah. if you can vet that while I propose to you the next question to me now with AJ Brown Julio Jones Derek Henry as the lead running back I, to me. The biggest winner in this whole deal is Ryan Tannehill. So here we, here we, 32 for Julio Jones. Thank you, Anthony. So here we have, yeah, he's getting up there. Here we have Ryan Tannehill, who has quietly been one of the best QBs over the past two seasons or two and a half since he took over for Mariota. And statistically, and he, I think, is easily a top 10 QB or top 12. Let's call him a, let's call him a QB one in a traditional league easily a QB one that will not be drafted as a QB one this year. So if you're looking to employ the later quarterback strategy, I think Tannehill's easily a target. You can get him in the 10th round right now. You can get him in further than the 10th round right now. He'll probably go up with this Julio news. Yeah. But to me, he's a huge winner here. What uh, do you guys agree with me? Or, I, or just uh, well,
1: no, a hundred percent agree because if you consider yeah, no. that his receiving options last year were, you know, AJ Brown and yeah. well, to be fair, Corey last Davis. year, Corey Davis was, a little bit good. better, but he's been yeah. pretty lackluster. Replace, like, I, you know, I would Julio Jones football wise will probably do better than Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for Ryan Tannehill, I think it's a, He's uh, found himself in a great situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about yards after the catch. Julio and A.J. Brown, like, just give him the ball. And then Derrick Henry, what if you get a dump off to Derrick Henry and he goes 80 yards? Like, if you're Tannehill, you know, if you're you're an owner, he doesn't have to be that good to get you crazy points next year. So mark it down. He's someone I would target if you're employing the late quarterback strategy. Okay, now, so that's Tennessee. We've covered that. Now, what about Atlanta? I want to talk Calvin Ridley. I want to talk Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan. OK, so Calvin Ridley, do we does this give him a bump without Julio because of a target increase and a volume increase or a decrease because he was highly successful with Julio there to take away coverage?
1: He, but he was also highly successful when Julio wasn't on the field. OK, he was. So, so I, I would say things probably stay the same. And I would even go so far to say is to also look into
0: guys like Russell Gage
1: who benefited with Julio Jones being
0: out. Yeah, I saw a post from, I believe it was Bleacher Report. Um, It was either Bleacher Report or or Pro Football uh, Talk. And it had Atlanta's new lineup without Julio. And it had Matt Ryan, um, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley. And it had uh, Zacchaeus instead of uh, Russell Gage. And I was like, well, that's nice, but what about Russell Gage? He was like he almost had a thousand yards last year. Come on, yeah. put some respect on the name, Anthony. What do you think of Russell Gage? You think he he moves up I mean, a notch? He was a he was a good uh, waiver wire pickup.
1: Please of, gauge his performance. <laughs> oh, <thank
2: you.
0: laughs> um, yeah, he was a great
2: waiver wire pickup at several points of the season last year. I mean, I had him as the next guy up, not Zacchaeus or however you pronounce it, Zacchaeus uh, Olamide. Olamide.
0: Olamide. Olamide is his first name. I All of mine's the, the
2: case. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and and to just address Ridley, like if Pitts is who everyone thinks he is, then he's like the Julio of this coming season, like a super talented mm-hmm. tight end, like dual mm-hmm. threat guy, like tight end, um, wide receiver type guy. And I mean, Ridley, like, like Moose said, uh, Julio Jones, when he's out, um, Ridley was still very efficient very productive and then with julio on the field as a distraction i mean like you're gonna have guys like Pitts there so i mean i i don't think you lose value with like i don't think you drop him in your rankings uh because okay. of this move
0: I, I might i even bump him up a little bit because i think his his, his volume is gonna go up and him with more volume is just scary because, um, he yeah he's just a machine. So okay, fair enough. Now Matt Ryan a- Anthony is a dynasty owner of Matt Ryan uh, and kind of relying on on him and for <laughs> short term success. Uh, yes, and Julio and maybe hey, Pitts and potentially <laughs> Pitts. What are we thinking about Matt Ryan here? To me, he he's he heavily relied on Julio Jones for his fantasy success. Yeah. Um. Are Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Zacchaeus and Russell Gage, are these guys enough for him to be continue to be productive in fantasy football? Uh
2: no. I think he take. I, I think he either performs the same or a little bit worse. Yeah. Um like Pitts needs to get acclimated a little bit. So maybe it'll be a slow start. I mean, we know Ridley, like we're not saying that guys like Ridley won't be effective because Matt Ryan won't play well. I just don't think Matt Ryan is that late round uh, QB that you're looking for, like like you mentioned, Tannehill. Yeah. There's other guys that are have better situations than he does. 100, he's going to be throwing the ball like crazy during the season because they're going to be one of the worst teams. They're going to be down a lot.
0: Yeah, they throw, they throw um, the ball. Just if facts. anything, Young Wei Koo gets a bump in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, kickers matter, as Moose was saying. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I,
1: I think Atlanta is an interesting situation because if Kyle Pitts turns out to be, you know, everything that he's being. Uh, hyped up to be then i don't know then i don't know if if julio leaving really changes the situation right you know because uh, if this guy's supposed to be what he is then he just sort of fills in
0: the julio position but plays a little bit more it it changes it if kyle pitts and julio were to both be there but you're right now with with kyle pitts instead of julio it's pretty much it could be same same compared to last year especially if you factor in how often julio was Uh, not playing well and i think what's interesting is like so Julio
1: didn't, like he didn't go for that high of a price. So you have to wonder too, like what, what the fan base doesn't know? Like what did the, you know, what did the, what
0: did the two teams know that we don't know of why he went so low? Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, again, my guess is that they were respecting his wishes for, or I'm not even sure if he had no trade clause. I got to check into that, but respecting his wishes for where he wanted to go. Um, So they were kind of strapped in. And then of course, when, You know, Shannon Sharp called him on Undisputed Live and said, Hey, what's your deal? And he's, Are you staying in Atlanta? He said, I'm out of there. You kind of lose a little bit of leverage if you're the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) when all other teams and the whole world knows Julio Jones is not staying in Atlanta. Why would we offer you a first round pick when we know you have to trade him? So Mm -hmm. kind of put them in a in between a rock and a hard place. Guys, a potential dark horse winner in this is, is Mike Davis. And I think as the starting running back for Atlanta, he was already in a good spot with basically virtually no competition except maybe this rookie Xavier Hawkins. But now without Julio, if you're Matt Ryan and you're in a panic and your O line sucks and you're like, oh man, instead of hucking it up to Julio Jones, you might dump it off to Mike Davis. So I think it can't hurt Mike Davis. I don't think it gives him a huge bump, but it can't hurt him. Again, he's a he's a dark horse running back. You want a running back as a you want a starting running back that you can draft in like round seven or six or seven. He's right there. Good old Mike. Um, Okay, guys. Is that it for Julio? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered it. I think we covered it. I'm loving these luchador masks. I'm feeling, you know, like in a fighting spirit here. Ready to rock. Um, Anthony, do you have news for us on Cam Newton's Bobo on his finger? Uh, (laughs) What happened? Um...
2: Well, let me pull it up, because I didn't know you were going to throw. I would like to I take mean,
1: this time. I'm going to sneak in a couple of non-football headlines. Okay. Uh, today is my uh, my mom and uh, my Auntie Judith's birthdays. So,
0: uh, happy birthday well, to them. Hold on. Hold on. Your mom and Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Judith are born on the same day? Same day. Wow. They're not sisters. They're unrelated, but uh, happy oh. birthday. Happy birthday to uh, Liz and Aunt Judith. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Should we yeah. sing happy birthday? Uh, no, you know, I don't think she'd so. Ever ask I, I think she'd really like I it. I think
1: she'd really like it, Moves. I don't think it'll translate well into the podcast. Okay. All right, I have it here.
2: So Thanks, Cam Newton. <laughs> the Athletics' Jeff Howe reports Cam Newton injured his right hand during the Patriots' Friday OTAs and did not return to practice. Newton reportedly hit his throwing hand on another player's helmet during 11-on-11 11 11 drills. The Athletics' Jeff Howe said Newton kept checking for swelling near the knuckle on the base of his right index finger after suffering the energy. He threw one pass during the next period, then went to the trainers. Um Howe said Mac Jones and Jared Sidham, then rotated reps with the number one offense. Mm, how did they look? That's what everybody wants to
1: know. Yeah. I
2: don't I don't um, even know
1: if you said Sidham on purpose, but I loved it. You did say sit em.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that, I mean that's ingrained. what we call him. It's them. ingrained. It is. <laughs> Um, what's not in the, in that little news report is that that was Cam Newton's best thrown ball was the one where he, his follow through got hit by, messed up by the player's helmet. It actually helped him throw it straighter. Um, you, you've neglected to mention that part, but that's okay. Um, all right. So that's it for headlines.
2: So maybe Moose but he's is, fine. Uh, Cam Newton's but, fine, right? Yeah. But I mean. Yeah. If he continues to throw like crazy, like maybe uh, Moose's Mac Jones for this year might not sound so crazy. Uh, Mac Kinda Jones like has his...
1: tons of opportunity to start because like, I mean Cam Newton, like already, it, you know the injuries
0: are just going to start piling up. The guy is, uh, you know, he might have as much a chance as uh, as uh, Terry Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo. You might be right, Moose. I think he has more. The injury risk is uh, yeah, he, pretty high. Said he yeah, said more. That's what the... he did. He did. He did. He did. All right, guys, I'm real excited for today's episode. I'm going to open my beer without showing the can too much because we'll save that for later. Oh, yeah, that's a great sound. Um, Our main topic of today, if I may uh, lead us into it, is our consensus top 12 rankings as it stands right now on Sunday, June 6th, 2021. Um, Pretty excited about this. I think consensus rankings are a great idea whether it's for one podcast like ourselves or if you're someone out there at home if you can combine rankings from different places you trust including yourself it helps it helps to relieve some of the innate biases you might have or if you're really too high on someone or really too low on someone it kind of evens it out a little bit um so it's a great exercise um so for us we're doing our top 12 overall um rankings today and i'm pretty pumped about it you guys ready Super ready. Super ready. Super ready, like a super luchador. All right. Well, kicking it off, number one overall, big surprise, nothing crazy. It's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, first overall, I believe he was first for both Moose and I, and for Anthony Ham, a little bit lower, but he's our consensus number one. What'd you have, Matt Anthony? Two. Okay. <laughs> number two. So not too low. Um, not much to talk about here, except that he, if he's healthy, he's clearly. Uh, the best fantasy option in the game. Are you worried about that part? the if he's healthy part? Uh,
1: I mean, no, I think his value is too much to worry about it, but it is a concern. but I mean, I think honestly where like we, it'll get explained as we move along. but I think the the top three or four guys, like if if injury is actually a concern for you, your next guy, it's gonna be fine. Like, it's not, uh, I don't think it's the right. end of the world. It's, yeah. It's the only thing point. I'm
2: worried about with McCaffrey is their use of him because we talked about it a little bit with Saquon, uh, Saquon Barkley the episode before that you're, or two episodes before that you were happy with the news that they said that they're going to um, have a less of a, a workload. Of workload for him. So, yeah. um, which is good for a guy that has had a serious injury. So, hopefully, that's the case. Um, they don't have Mike Davis there anymore, but. Hopefully they got Chuba the
0: Chuba Hubbard, the rookie, which I think who I think right. is very usable.
2: But like Moose said, like a guy with this talent, and he's not an injury prone guy compared to like Julio Jones. So it's like you gotta take him early. Well,
0: yeah, I guess the issue was he had a lot of e- e- nagging injuries last year, like you know, his ankle and then his back and then and his. And they shoulder. tried to bring
2: him back and yeah, yeah they,
0: you know, and he wants to yeah. play through it. So that's where those nagging injuries, that's where I think load management, as it's called in the NBA these days um i think is a great idea like why why run your guy into the ground if you want him to be successful for your years to come if you want to just be good right now this week sure have him run and, the ball for the and time. this
2: isn't the old nfl like there's a lot it's of not,
0: committees now so yeah you're right it's not the um emmett smith nfl <laughs> it's right. the eric dickerson nfl it's it's not that anymore yeah, i right.
1: imagine i imagine his usage gets dialed back but it's
0: still going to be fantastic usage oh yeah. for sure and his, uh, his efficiency, and he's just so good out of the backfield. He's talk about uh, what they're trying to do with Travis Etienne as a receiver running back. I mean, that's Christian McCaffrey right there. So he's our number one. Okay, our number two, pretty clear consensus as well, is Dalvin Cook. Uh, no surprise there as well. Um, did anybody have him number one overall? Anthony, was he your number one? No. Nope. Um, but he's still pretty high in our rankings. Um, and talking about a guy who overcame injuries in his first couple of years and then had his first somewhat healthy year last year, I think he only missed one game and was absolutely phenomenal. Basically, if Kamara hadn't scored six touchdowns on Christmas, I think Dalvin Cook was in the lead, <laughs> right, as the top running back. It was like they were neck and neck all year. Yeah. So that's a what Dalvin a Cook. Christmas. You know, we that was a great Christmas for Moose. <laughs> we see that as a uh, you know similar similar outcome for dalvin cook this year as long as he's healthy he should be absolutely phenomenal
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah. i mean yeah. yeah
1: the the old argument is that justin jefferson is going to take away blah 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 but uh, I just don't think that's the case. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota just loves running Dalvin Cook. Like it's always going to be Dalvin Cook first. What a yeah, nice no,
0: argument that was, Moose. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. Jefferson. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, their team but hasn't really changed.
2: It's pretty much the same roster, except Jefferson will start the season uh, <laughs> instead of like only picking up one instead four of, games instead
0: in? of zero points the first two weeks, and then yeah, exactly. people so, drop him. So yeah, you have yeah, nothing yeah, to
2: worry yeah, about yeah. with Cook.
0: Yeah, I think Cook's going to be a, a beast. Man, he's so good. All right, moving right along then. On third on our list of consensus rankings is Alvin Kamara. Um, some might uh, some might find that surprising, some might not. Um, Anthony's one of those who would not, because Anthony had him first overall on his list. Anthony, why are you so high on Kamara? Well, some news that we didn't talk about a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, was that
2: uh, New Orleans plans to use the running backs more. Mm. So then that, that's Kamara and Latavius Murray. We've seen Latavius Murray be successful, but uh, Kamara, uh, obviously fantastic uh, passing game, running game. He's a beast. Um, I mean, I just think with their QB situation that he's just he's going to be as dominating as he's always been. So I don't think he loses value because of the change of quarterback. I just feel like it'll stay the same or get better based on the news that we hear coming out of camp. So, and if you've seen his training videos too, the man's a
0: beast. He's a, Crazy talent. Freak of nature. Moose, are you concerned? So Anthony's not worried about it. Some people in the fantasy community are concerned that Alvin Kamara relied a lot in his fantasy production, not his talent or his real football production, but his fantasy production on catching passes out of the backfield or dump offs from Drew Brees, which he would like take for 85 yards to the house. Are you concerned about that?
1: No, I'm not concerned about that at all. Actually, I was gonna say I agree with Anthony. I think Alvin Kamara, you, you could put him at number one. Like, I, I'm not totally opposed to that at all. Like I said, I think McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, like... It's preference you could, at you that could, point. Yeah, you could juggle those three around and whatever. It's fine. Yeah. And and I think, I think actually, I mean, if I was Sean Payton, I'd be saying, hey, Jameis, listen, if you're looking downfield, you think you're going to throw an interception, dump it off to Kamara. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the... You know, we plan on using please, our running. We, 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 we plan on using our running backs more is we're gonna be dumping it off quite a bit because you know if if Jameis is yes. the Jameis or, of
0: past, you know. Yeah, or even you know, let's think about this. Who are the best weapons on New Orleans? Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara, right? Like, and yeah. Alvin Kamara is probably the best weapon. Like, they don't have yeah. a lot of depth at receiver. So, and I wouldn't even say that. I would say Alvin Kamara is first and then Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I should That's have said it was in that saying. order. You're yeah. absolutely right. So, the, Sean, Sean Payton's not an idiot. He's going to find ways to get Kamara the ball. It might not be dump offs or unscripted plays, it might be scripted plays where they, they work a way to get Kamara the ball. So, I think you're right. And listen, guys, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts recently, and people get up in arms about your first pick if you have one of the first three four picks in the draft they're like oh my gosh you take you don't take christian mccaffrey first overall they're like oh my gosh you're taking alvin kamara there you're taking saquon there it's like yeah guys relax like you know everybody took christian mccaffrey and saquon berkeley one and two last year and then they got hurt and uh the best overall running backs were dalvin cook and alvin kamara so yeah you never know what's going to happen any one of those guys could be the number one running back and whoever you want to take you take them you don't even need them to be the number one running back
1: no you just need to yeah you're right (laughs) their production their production is very similar and
0: they're going to get you what you need to win that week exactly to me it's who would you take in the first round who do you want to take and take that person all right, so that's Super Camaro moving along to number four on our list, Derek Henry, who is now teammates with Julio Jones, amongst others. He's he's our fourth overall, and we all had him at fourth. <laughs> Funny, because I feel like he's, the, he's kind of – he just slots into that fourth spot so nicely in people's rankings because he doesn't catch a lot of passes. So, again, we should have mentioned – but we're doing our consensus rankings based off of half PPR leagues, right. um, you know, standard 12 team, half PPR leagues. So in a standard league, Derek Henry might, might be number one overall um, as far as running backs go, but you know, in a half PPR league, he doesn't catch so many passes, but he's still pretty safe at number four. Uh, what do you guys, but they said they're going to start throwing to him more. Ooh, They did well, say that. Well, we that's, we did. Uh, that's debatable. That Cause uh, that before I thought I they we we were, don't. <laughs> they were
2: grooming
1: uh, Darrington Evans up for, uh, for some pass catching.
2: I know they want him to catch more balls. I don't know how many more, but uh, I mean, so he instead did, of he,
0: two, four. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> literally double his production. <laughs> but hey. I don't think it matters because, yeah. you know, off the top of my head, cause I don't have it right in front of me right now. But Derrick Henry had touched the ball. I think he rushed the ball 365 times last year, somewhere in that range, which is. Like almost twice as much as half the starting running backs in the league. He 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 gets so many rush attempts. So it yeah. doesn't really matter. It's he's gonna be fine. And don't panic if he's not good right away because he seems to get better as the season goes on. Yeah. Um that's even in games, thing. he's everyone, always like
2: a bottom yeah, half type guy. Yeah, like everyone slows down or. because right. you know why?
0: Because you're okay tackling him in the first quarter because you're, you're fresh, you're energized, you get there quick enough and you, you hammer him. But then after a while, you're like, Oh man, I don't want to tackle this guy anymore. And after the season goes on, you're like, Oh man, like I don't get like these guys who get paid millions of dollars. are like, I don't get paid enough to to put my life on the line to tackle this guy. He is a monster. Stiff arms so, to death. Exactly. Going to get embarrassed. So Derek Henry is a, a smash uh, pick early on, I believe. Uh, all running backs so far, and that trend continues and will continue for us in our consensus rankings as we move to number five. And our fifth on our list is Saquon Barkley. Uh, fifth overall, uh, probably someone who's faded slightly just because of the risk of, of re-injury with his repaired knee. I believe I had him third overall, uh, and I was the highest amongst us. But uh, I, have to, I have to put my faith in him because I'm relying on him in our dynasty league. Good old Saquon. Are you guys worried at all about the risk of re-injury to the knee is this where you start to get in that territory where you're like, mm, I don't know, I might veer somewhere else.
1: I think so. The team, the team's already come out and said it. Yep. I mean, they're not confident in the health of his knee. They literally right. said we have to load manage right off the bat. That's yeah. that's that's where we're at right now. So you know, I think when he's on the field, he he's he's going to produce. But I mean, I don't know. Like again, let's look at two above, two under. I think I'd I'd rather take. You know some of the other people on this list, than yeah, and risky with Saquon Barkley. In, in and I think in it was redraft. Dave's
2: numbers that raised them in our in our consensus rankings.
0: Oh, certainly, I'm the highest on him. I you T- had him at third, so, yeah, I had him at third. So you had him there. above Kamara, absolutely,
2: Ooh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is potentially the most talented running back in the league. Um, you know, second eh. to maybe Christian McCaffrey um and kamara. <laughs> sure, sure kamara um and listen we've seen in today's day and age we've seen people bounce back very successfully from these types of injuries point exhibit a is dalvin cook mm-hmm. who had crazy issues with with his knee um and bounced back and was after surgery and was was more than okay right and to me if you factor in saquon barkley the athlete that he is um, and the fact that he came back from a high ankle sprain after like two weeks when it's supposed to be like six, um, I'm confident that he'll he'll return to health. He, it might be a slower start to start the season. But uh, I think, again, if he's healthy, the the risk reward there is huge. I mean, to yeah. me, similar to Christian McCaffrey. Uh,
1: but yeah. he, so here's, here's the thing is uh, outside of redraft, like if you're in a keeper or something like that, go for it. But I think if you're, if you're a redraft, let somebody else take him this year. Let's see if he's healthy and you can take yeah. him next year you know if he's uh if he's all guns a blazing again but i think uh you know maybe we got to wait and see uh see how that knee healed up
0: yeah okay fair enough so you might then take one of these next running backs on our list uh the next of which is Aaron Jones sitting at number 6 overall um i like i'd like that Aaron Jones earned himself the 6th spot on our list guys like I, i'm i'm proud of that um i don't know who had him the, the highest here but uh um, i think
2: i did Oh, Moose and I had him at the same place, fifth, and you had him at eighth.
0: I had him at eighth. Okay. So, I mean, Anthony, you've come a long way on Aaron Jones. We're really proud of you. We're really proud. 109
1: episodes roughly later.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, It was mid-season
2: last year. I think where where he, he just know, showed that he was consistent. But that was the thing. I was never low on him. I just said, for example, like what you said about Saquon. You want to see – I know it's a different situation. It's due to injury. You let somebody else pick him to see if he actually will perform like a top running back. For Aaron Jones, I was like, I just, I just didn't know. And I was like, for him, I'm skeptical. I want to see it one more time. Halfway through the season, it was so remarkable that I was yep. just like, I'm going to give it to him right now.
0: Yeah, so okay. and he, he he doesn't get respect for what he does. And and don't forget, he sat out a few games out of an abundance of caution by Green Bay, because that's their style is to really protect their players. He was probably okay to play. But he sat out, I think at least two games, if, if you guys want to check that or not, we can move right through. But um, he's just phenomenal. Without Jamal Williams there, it's just him and A.J. Dillon, right? So if anything, it could be more opportunity for him. Now, Aaron Rodgers, let's say, doesn't – let's say he sits out. You know, he's he's hosting Jeopardy. Does that affect Aaron Jones or not? Positively. Anthony says positively. Okay, I think some people might agree with that. Moose, do you agree with that?
1: Oh, big time. I think Aaron Jones takes uh, – well, both of them, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, I think immediately – Yeah. Get a uh, huge consideration because, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the clip today. I think one of you sent it to me of Jordan Love missing the pass. I, yeah, or, uh, no, he got it.
0: He got it. But they were saying like he he threw like a dump off into a target bin, and it was like, oh my god, he's doing amazing. <laughs> No, no 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 he missed he the target missed it? and it bounced off something and went in. bounce and went in the target like he missed Thank it, you he missed completely. now i get the clip he yeah, missed yeah. completely an easy dump off and it bounced and then went in and it was a fake celebration yeah, okay.
1: basically he couldn't throw the ball while moving it is what it appeared <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so i think immediately the running backs get a uh you know like we said if you have nowhere to throw to then you're and we know that the receiving core in Green Bay is already pretty dismal. Um, I mean, uh, MVS, you know, got a little bit better last season. He caught a right. few more balls, but – and that's from Aaron Rodgers throwing it. So if he's getting yes. wonky passes, I mean
0: – Now, my only – now, normally I would agree 100% with this take. And at first I did think, yeah, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is not there, Aaron Jones is a smash play, except if the quarterback play is so bad that they're, they can't sustain drives whatsoever. Like, in the, like embarrassingly can't sustain drive. Like, let's mm-hmm. say Jordan Love is a bust. They put Blake Bortles in, and we're talking like they're not getting anything going. Do you think it'll still be okay just with checkdowns and volume? Well, well, Bortles had four assume, nets? You have,
1: Yeah, you have to assume that Blake Bortles will. I mean, yeah. we know that Blake Bortles can drive a team no, or could. could. Let's say could. We know he could. Yes. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I think if Blake Bortles is a quarterback, I think the running. You know, he'll be able to make passes. Devontae Adams run game will work. You know. Okay. But I can't yeah. imagine Jordan Love's that bad. Like I'm sure that one right. clip was a good one. It happened at one Boris. time in practice. You My, know?
2: I mean, like if Dave could believe that Herbert is a nobody, then I mean
0: <laughs> then we Jordan. could believe that Jordan Love is a somebody. Is the is a somebody yeah.
2: <laughs> startable.
0: I never and... said Herbert's a nobody. I did say that I didn't think he would start last year and that we shouldn't put him as a sleeper though, which was Big mistake. Um, Moose could look like a genius. I mean, he already has he, enough. Uh, he already looks genius. like a genius enough. I didn't so. I didn't have to look like a genius. I was a genius. He, so. Yeah, he is. Not, well, not a genius. You are Kius. Kius. The titan, The Titan God of the Oracle's wisdom and foresight. There you go. Yeah. All right, moving along, uh, Kius and Hyperion, if you will, to um, seventh on our list. We're past halfway, guys. And seventh under consensus rankings. Again, we are running back heavy kind of podcast here. So we're going Jonathan Taylor. Uh, On our list, and that might be maybe only my fault. I don't know. We'll have to check because I have Jonathan Taylor pretty high. I am very big on JTT, which is Jonathan Taylor touchdown, um, Tutty machine in the second half of the year. Um the only concern with Jonathan Taylor this year I mean there's new quarterback Carson Wentz I think that's fine. Marlon Mack is back from injury from his Achilles heel. Um I'm no, not too concerned he's, he's re-injured. And yeah, re-injured. he's re-injured. He did re-injure it. <laughs> um so I'm not too concerned with Marlon Mack. Um you know it's just pretty much Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. I think Taylor we saw kind of they finally started using him in the second half of the year as the workhorse running back. Um, I think if he gets that or close to that for the whole year, he, he's going to be a great play. Um, he's he's a beast. He's a beast. Not much, not much else to say, guys. I think he's a he's a good pick later on. He he's one of those guys who could finish as a top uh, yeah, three sure. running back in the league for sure. Um, anything else on JTT and the Colts? Such yeah, a good O line too. I think
1: I think the Colts is a team to watch. I mean, yeah. you know they they went out and got Carson Wentz. You have to imagine that they want to get a pass game going as well. I mean, they had dump off rivers last year, (laughs) Um, you know, and I, and I think, you know, Paris Campbell, he's a, he's a guy to watch Like when he, when he did play in the first three weeks, he looked amazing. You know, the, the past game that it it seemed that they were trying to get going was going. And then he unfortunately got injured. Uh, Michael Pittman as well. You know, they drafted him to be a receiver, so it should be interesting, but you know, that might just open up more things for Jonathan Taylor as well. Yep.
0: I agree, 100%. And don't forget, they have a tremendous O-line and a great defense. so It bodes well, and he was their red zone guy last year. It's all up for Jonathan Taylor, as it could be for this next one on our list, which is number eight overall, Nick Chubb who I describe as the kind of shorter Derrick Henry or the poor man's Derrick Henry or Derrick Henry who happens to have a really capable backup running back in Kareem Hunt. But Nick Chubb statistically is as good a runner if you look at the analytics as Derrick Henry. Um, he just happened to have been injured for half the year last year. Um, and I, I love it when he wears no sleeves in the cold in the winter and he's just running through it, dude. So, uh, what a Nick beast. Chubb's a beast. Um, how do you guys feel about Nick Chubb as our eighth overall
1: I love it. I think that's a perfect spot for Nick Chubb. I think he's, he's someone who gets overlooked
0: uh, every season. Yeah. Yep. And to me, Kareem Hunt, like he was successful with Kareem Hunt in the lineup. Yep. And I think that's about as good as we can see Kareem Hunt do as the backup running back. Kareem Hunt was vulturing TDs left, right, and center last year. Um, and I I'd see Kareem Hunt getting fewer TDs this year. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very big on, on Kareem Hunt. Uh, sorry on uh, Nick Chubb, and uh, I think he's going to be a great play this year. And what if, what if Kareem Hunt's the one who gets injured this year? Holy smokes! And you're talking about all <sighs> that, all that work for Holy Nick smokes. Chubb. I know. And get this, I think the Cleveland Browns are going to win their division this year. I think they're going to be. I called them to make the playoffs last year. I'm calling them to win the division this year against my Pittsburgh Steelers, against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they are the dark horse in that in that division. I think they're going to be winning in a lot of games, and they're just going to want to run the ball in the uh, second half to run out the clock. And that's Nick Chubb time. That all counts for fantasy. Yep. All right, beauty. Um, Guys, we're moving on to my favorite on this list, which is number nine in our consensus. Um, It is not a running back. Um, finally at number nine, nor is it a wide receiver. What's that? Not a running back or what's a wide receiver? You're right, because it's Travis Kelsey, tight end extraordinaire of the Kansas City Chiefs, coming in at number nine, coming in hot at number nine. And you know what? I am so proud to put him before the wide receivers here. I have him right before the wide receivers. You guys have him. Does anyone have a wide receiver before him? Nope. Or is it all running backs before him for you guys? I I don't, I, mean, I don't think I have him before my wide receivers. No, you don't. I don't think uh, so. I think you had him at ten. I think he had him at ten. Over almost. You might have had one or two wide receivers yeah, ahead of him.
2: Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill before.
0: ahead of Travis and, Kelsey. and Hopkins. And Hopkins. Oh, well, he's got three,
2: three ahead. Okay, but that surprises me because you're you're big on swooping up the t- the, the 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 tight ends or getting them early to own that position and. There's a player we'll talk about after, literally the next posi- the next rank. But uh, you know what? I'm gonna bring it up. Um, you had Devonte <laughs> Adams. You had Devonte Adams ahead of him, and we have Devonte Adams at tenth. Um, I dropped Devonte Adams because of the Jordan Love situation.
1: I know, but we ha- the thing is we, like you have to assume the best case scenarios. I mean, obviously, if uh, Aaron, I'm not assuming Aaron- the worst,
2: I'm taking. The news right now as it is. It doesn't seem positive for Aaron Rodgers. So that's how I'm evaluating it. I can give him a bump later.
0: Yeah. I mean, if if Jordan I, <laughs> I ranked Devontae Adams as as is with Aaron Rodgers there, and I still have Kelsey ahead of him. If Jordan loves the quarterback, I might drop Devontae Adams to like sixth overall as a wide receiver. Like I might, I might put several people out of them. Like I'm but not it, confident at all. But I believe
2: all. Moose has convinced you and I, yeah, to raise value on tight ends, especially Travis Kelsey. Because
0: yes. how often
2: do we speak? This guy's so pretty he's much done guaranteed his job 12 12 points so well
0: that we we've exaggerated our uh, value on Travis Kelsey. Listen, I believe if you if you go back to last year, where Travis Kelsey should have been drafted was about ninth or tenth overall. And he would have brought, that's perfect for his value. Um, yeah. He was able, most people got him in the second round last year, which returned crazy value for them, seeing as how he would have finished as, I don't know, the wide receiver eight or nine on the year, if he was a wide receiver. Um, I see nothing changing this year, barring injury. And I think he's going to be as good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always hard to repeat record-breaking numbers in terms of yardage and, and receptions like that. But I think he'll be right up there, if not, if not improve on last year so yeah and, i see no and, reason taking kelsey as a late first round pick
2: right and i look at it as if like we have him so we have him at nine so i look at it as if uh if you're in a 10 team league like your 10th pick um you got to take an i tie-dye and you got two picks in a row and then
0: well hold on are you ruining the segment for later <laughs> We're going to talk about this in the segment later, right? Anyways, but I, I'm <laughs> yeah. saying
2: I'm saying in a 10 or 12 it, team, that's can. how I would, I'm saying
0: <laughs> right. how I assess
2: my yeah, yeah. ranking of him that you really want to get him because of what Moose said, you want to get him at the end of the first round. So whether you're 10, 12, 14, like if, he, if he's there,
0: if you're a 14 team league, if he's there, you're a 12 team, like you got to grab him right at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to me, the way I'm looking at it is I really want a stud running back, but if I can't get one of my studs who we've already named in the first eight of our running backs, if I can't get one of those eight guys, you know, yeah, stud wide receiver is really good, but there happens to be quite a few stud receivers this year. So I almost feel like Mm -hmm. it's more worth it to get Kelsey because there's, there's at least three super, to me, guarantee wide receivers. And then there's another like five that could be Studs right in that same category, so I'm there's just more available. Whereas tight end Kelsey's in the category unto himself, so I know I veer towards it. Moose, why why would you take Devontae Adams or, or Tyreek Hill or one of those guys before Kelsey? In the yeah, first, they're half?
1: all stud wide receivers.
0: Uh, you know, yeah. I so you yeah. don't believe like a, a DK Metcalf, an AJ Brown, a Calvin Ridley. Later in the second round, could could do that. Could could do what one of those guys could do for you in the first round. Yeah, they could. Okay. But
2: uh, but but I don't think that's the question. I think the question is, um, if he's picking those guys ahead of Kelsey, so you miss out on Kelsey. Are you thinking with the mindset that you'll be able to get a
1: Kittle or a Waller later? Yeah, for sure. Okay, in the second round, for sure. Okay. Yeah,
0: and that's fair. No, nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like. You know, Kittle is uh, it's like a cheat code. You know, so yeah. If you if you get him, great. But I I don't think you yeah. should sacrifice everything to get him. Like it's no, important. Kelsey it's, or Kittle? Kelsey.
0: Okay, Kelsey. Sorry, you said
1: Kittle. Like he, it's it's important. Like I, you know, I said It's important to get a high scoring tight end, one of the top three or four. But I don't think you should. Like I don't think Kelsey should go in the first round. You should get yourself a stud wide receiver, stud running back. And maybe if you're like 10, 11, 12, okay, maybe we could branch into getting Kelsey there and then you get someone in the second. But, um, I definitely think you want, I don't think you want Kelsey to be your first player on your team.
0: You want to lock someone else in as well. And then, but what's the difference really, as long as you end up getting one of those. See, here's the thing. Let's say you're 10th, We'll talk about it later, I guess. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about yep. it later. It really all depends right. on your draft position. <laughs> it does depend on your draft position. All right. Um. That's number nine on the list. Travis Kelsey moving on. we got three left. They all happen to be wide receivers. Finally, our stud wide receivers make an appearance. And first among those uh, is Devontae Adams at 10th overall, the aforementioned Devontae Adams. So, um, you know, uh let's talk about so he's he's an absolute phenom. He's the number one wide receiver on his team, clear and above the only real target, besides maybe Robert Tunyon, throwing a, a few catches for Alan Lazard and MVS here or there. With Rodgers there, clearly, you know, the best wide receiver overall. Um, without Rogers, where do we where do we rank him or where would you rank him without Rogers?
2: Um, I had him like like I mentioned before. I had him out of all the top wide receivers. I think I dropped him just behind Hill, and I think I just dropped him behind Hill. Just Hill. Oh. He <laughs> yeah. goes from so wow. above Hill wow. to below Hill. Well, like <laughs> I, like we, we spoke about this before that we believe that um, that he's the type of receiver with any QB that if the QB is competent enough to throw the ball like. If Jordan love is this bad, maybe there's the issue, but I'm, I'm thinking as if Jordan love is okay or um, Bortles is okay. We've seen teams like the bears, which we use as a comparison last time that Allen Robinson is still very effective. So to me, if, kind of like how we said about Saquon, if you're deciding between two guys, like I guess in reality you can't go wrong with either, but I would Mm -hmm. rather
1: take the shot on Tyreek Hill over Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. That's it. I I know we joke about Jordan Love, you know, uh, not doing so well in practice, blah, blah, blah. But there's no way that, you know, he he was drafted and he's that bad. Like he's got to be half decent. And I think a half decent quarterback uh, with a very talented wide
0: receiver, it'll be fine yeah i mean like you'd figure he, he's he's open on a lot of his passes right yeah. he's not like yeah. except when he's double covered but even then he's sometimes open so um I'm, I'm trying to think of stud wide receivers in the past with terrible quarterbacks so like worst case scenario and how good they could be the only one that comes to mind is like Allen robinson for every season of his career <laughs> back when he had blake bortles in jacksonville or when he had mitch trubisky nick Foles in chicago very very productive. Um, I don't know who else would fall in that category. Like I don't know. Like I Odell mean, L Beckham Jr. with Eli Manning. Like Eli Manning was pretty good. Um, I don't know. Uh, Eli, that Ralph applies. Eli, Eli
1: overthrew like uh, OBJ could have been a lot better in New York, but Eli right. overthrew him a ton. Right. Maybe I don't know how how you guys view cousins. Like he,
0: yeah, cousins and Jefferson. You know, yeah. or like Eli. I mean, he's yeah.
2: able to make two wide receivers be in the top like 15. I mean,
0: yeah. So we just need love to to have one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Devontae Adams, hopefully Rogers is there and it just answers all those questions for us. If he's not there, then you might consider taking this next guy on the list, which is of course, Tyreek Hill cheetah. They don't name you cheetah um, in a league built on speed for nothing. Um, He is absolutely just uh, he's he's a highlight reel waiting to happen. He's a cheat code. He's a machine, and he happens to have the best quarterback um, in the league, and potentially one of the best, the the next goat. They call him Patrick Mahomes, throwing him the ball. So I mean, Tyreek Kill to me is an is an auto an auto pick <laughs> this spot as well. We have him eleventh overall. Um, anything else to offer on on Tyree Kill here, guys? No, he's just no. he's awesome. He's amazing. best quarterback. Yes. Top tight end, top wide receiver on that team, I mean. And it's underrated. If you're taking a wide receiver early, you yeah. want to make sure he's awesome, but probably also that his quarterback's awesome. And this checks both boxes. Um, and then some. Don't don't be afraid
1: of his yearly hamstring tightness. It'll be fine. It's so. just when your
0: hamstrings are that strong <laughs> yeah and honestly and that muscular like if you've seen his hamstrings they're crazy and the explosiveness and twitch twitch of his muscles are so insane that sometimes they, they pop a little bit they stretch a little bit they're not normal hamstrings they're like uh what's better than regular ham moose like roasted ham or um, you know, sp- oh, you know, special good. Canadian bacon ham. He doesn't have hamstrings. He has Canadian bacon strings. That's what he has. He has like roasted hamstring. You know, he's got the next level hamstrings. They're insane. Um, but he's, he's just a phenomenal talent. So I'd be happy to take Tyree kill. So you want a stud quarter, a stud receiver and a stud quarterback throwing the ball. Well, then I think this next person also checks those things off the list and he is the last person in our consensus rankings and that's Stefan Diggs who i will point out again that moose correctly predicted would be a breakout stud last year i think uh i, uh, I, I, I
1: no I, no, no, I, no 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 he he already broke out in minnesota no but, no but you you were hot
0: you said he would be a top receiver this year yeah and you were correct. Exactly. I think I had him as a tw- as 21st overall. I thought he'd be the same as he was in Minnesota. It's where he was about. Um, he ended up being the th- second or third receiver overall last year. And he's got Josh Allen um throwing him the ball. So 12th overall. How do we feel about Diggs this year? Do we see a regression? Anything change or the manual Sanders there or anything different? Or we think same, same? I same.
1: think I think it's probably a lot of the same. I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to take away
0: that much. Mm-hmm. They lost John Brown, so it's, to me, it's like Emmanuel Sanders comes in instead of John Brown. They got Gabe Davis, they got Cole Beasley. I think their their line only got better. Their o line and their D line is what they they shored up this year in the draft. And Josh Allen took the, took uh, leaps and bounds forward yeah. last year. Uh, and He's the running way backs, better.
1: the running backs are nothing to write home about. So you imagine they they're, they're still going pass
0: heavy. They are not. You certainly wouldn't email home about the running backs. You <laughs> might write a letter home. <laughs> Maybe not. You, you certainly wouldn't. You're definitely not writing all.
1: a letter. You might type up a little text message. But maybe. You're maybe not writing a text message a home
0: like, hey, did you see what Zach Moss did? No, cool. It wasn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think Stefan Diggs is a safe bet there. I think I really like those three as the top uh, three wide receivers to round out our consensus 12. So to recap our top 12 consensus rankings as it stands right now in June, goes first overall Christian McCaffrey at number two, Dalvin Cook. Number three, Alvin Kamara. Number four, Derrick Henry. Number five, Saquon Barkley. Number six, Aaron Mr. Elite Jones. Number seven, Jonathan Taylor Touchdown. Number eight, Nick Chubb. Number nine, Travis Kelsey. Number 10, Devontae Adams. Number 11, Tyreek Hamstring Hill or Canadian Bacon String Hill. I like that. And rounding out the top 12 is Stefan Diggs. That's our top 12, guys. I'm happy about that. I like it. We'll see if it changes at all between uh, now and actual draft season. But we want you guys, our listeners, to be prepared. And you got to start prepping. Who knows when your draft is? I don't know. But uh, some people draft in June. I want you guys to start be prepared. So we're going to round out our top 24 rankings next episode. So please stay tuned for that. Um, But right now we're going to move into our next segment. Anthony, why don't you hit us with the next segment, which is a classic. They say luchador edition
2: beautiful all
1: right so this one's coming from hold on wait a minute dave do you think you could uh just quickly google how to do it in spanish um
0: man you will anthony say it and then i'll i'll do it
1: oh okay keep going
2: um this is coming from user two guitars one bass um aaron jones or kelsey (laughs) at the two three spot in 10 man full ppr Say you're the seventh pick and grab Zeke in the first. Uh, do you take Kelsey or Jones in the second pick, assuming Rogers is QB? So it's a poll. Uh, Kelsey, Aaron Jones, and then I guess whoever else. Um, but if we're just looking at those two, like Dave was saying before, in my opinion, uh, he thought I was ruining it with what I was saying about Kelsey. But I think in this case, if you took uh, Elliot uh in the first round um i would take jones instead of kelsey because you might need to uh <laughs> you know just back up your dallas player but um i mean from what we said in in our top twelve you would take kelsey here because uh um, he's
1: he's in the seventh draft position
2: yes so set in so a so ten third, team league in a oh, ten t- team in league a
1: ten team yes
2: um you took elliot before Aaron Jones so Aaron Jones, 100 percent with this question, is not uh, going to be available. Yes, you, you have to take Kelsey. Yeah, you have to take Kelsey yes. because Jones won't be there. So I voted no, but you have Kel- to take
1: Kelsey because uh, Zeke. You need to cover the point. Like Zeke's, I don't think Zeke's going to have a big season. So you got to cover the loss that you've incurred on yourself in the first round. Okay, well, but then to those, me, who cover you cover the loss inst- with Aaron
0: Jones. Yeah, instead of taking Zeke, who else could he take at that? Spot? Aaron Jones <laughs> averaged bet more than Kelsey. So let's assume assume the first six off the board are McCaffrey, Cook, Camara, Henry, Barkley. Those five. And then he's saying Jones is available instead of Zeke. So let's say it's Jonathan Taylor, who's sixth. Okay. So, I mean, there's Chubb, there's Jones, there's Zeke, there's Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Who do you take in that situation? You take Kelsey. Okay. So you would take Kelsey seventh overall. No, no. you said you're already figuring out Zeke? the
2: second round, third. Okay, He oh, took okay. Zeke at seventh, and then he's saying, do you take Kelsey or Jones? We establish that Jones 100% right. won't be available because Jones should be higher than Elliott. But Moose is talking about covering points. So I agree with the Kelsey thing, but let's say for some reason, Jones becomes so, available in that case or uh, any other running back. Because Kelsey, we said, averages 12. If you want to cover the points from Elliott, you need a
0: running back or a receiver that doubles that. No, No? you cover it with the tight end position. Guys, 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 wait a minute. I think our real advice to this user would be don't take Zeke with that first pick. 100%. That's 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 what I said. That's what I just said a moment ago. The the first mistake is taking Zeke. Yeah, I mean, take Aaron Jones, take Nick Chubb, take Jonathan Taylor with that first pick, and then take Kelsey at the the next time it comes around. You're golden. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you got potential two studs. We're just not really high on Zeke. Um, You know, I'm sure he'll he'll be okay this year. I just have this gut feeling that he'll be terrible, and that is, you know, all running backs come careers come to an end abruptly. We saw that with Todd Gurley recently. You know, we've seen it with Mark Ingram. You know, we've seen it with running backs all the time. It's coming. It's coming for Zeke at some point, and I just don't want to be the guy who owns him in the year that it happens.
2: Right. So uh, I don't have him. Like I think I had him higher. Or I think, yeah, Moose and I have him within the same vicinity. Dave, you have him low. We're not going to spoil it. But um, I think Elliott will be one of the top running backs to die out faster than the others. But I still ranked him high because even with a bad season, he finished eighth. So if he has a good season, he's still there. I don't think he's on the decline just yet. But do I want to be the guy
0: He's on on the decline. It might not be a steep decline. Kareem Hunt finished 10th overall. Mike Davis finished 13th. So like last year's finishes okay, at, at the running Okay, with them position, having I... really good
2: seasons, like he had a really bad season and he was eighth. So am I picking him? No. I would like somebody else to take him because mm-hmm. I don't want to take that risk. Yeah. But I don't think it would be fair to rank him very low because with a bad year, he was still eighth. So even if he finishes like 12th, he's still a number one running back. So, if yeah. it's not a huge decline, it's a
0: little decline. I mean,
2: he's still worth a value. But is he higher than Aaron Jones? Absolutely not. This guy should not take.
0: Yeah. Elliott I just, I see, I envision a scenario where, like, if all running backs stay healthy the whole year, that all those sophomore running backs finish ahead of them. You know, like Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, JK Dobbins, but, like they're. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's debates because now
2: some news we didn't talk about. Baltimore said it's definitely a running back by committee. So like somebody like Dobbins splits time with Gus Edwards. Akers splits with uh, Henderson. Elliott doesn't really split with Pollard. Like you would like to think that. Uh, Pollard, I think that's going to change.
0: That could change. We thought
2: it was going to change last year, but even with Elliott playing bad, Pollard didn't do enough to be considered like a running back by committee type duo. So it could be coming. It's not there yet, so to me, he still gets the majority of the carries, which puts him ahead of the sophomores for now.
0: Okay. So our answer to
1: this guy is um, yeah, hold yeah. yeah. Let's let's so let's 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 assume this guy is in like a uh, he's in a slow draft, so he's he's picked Zeke, and now he's waiting a couple days till it comes back to him.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. If you're ten man league and you're at the two point three, which makes it ten. 11, 12, 13, 14th overall, um, I would absolutely take Travis Kelsey. No problem. Big time. 14th overall, because he's definitely not going to be there when you come back around. And you know what? Kidlin Waller might not be there when it comes back around. So probably take him. Yeah. You want one of those three. If you can swing it, Anthony, agreed? Yeah. Yeah. Moose? Yeah, 100%. I mean... Love it. Consensus. That's a consensus <laughs> take on get our your, consensus get your, rankings get your, get your top episode. three tight ends early. Absolutely love it. All right, guys, I think we can move on to finally explain to our YouTubers. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. Did you look up how to oh, say it in Spanish? I did look up how to say it in Spanish, and I'll uh, do it again for you here, guys, for our Spanish listeners. Lo beautiful. That was beautiful. Spanish music to Absolutely my ears. beautiful. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, not sure if I pronounced that correctly at all, but anyone who knows Spanish <laughs> can uh fill it in. So it's um Time for another installment of Uncle Nick's Nick. Nick Monthly Pick. And here we go with today's Uncle Nick's Pick. It is, uh, you guys want to showcase your cans while I explain this? In the spirit of um, the Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather fight tonight. And the undercard of that fight, which was Chad Ochosenko, Chad Johnson, former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, um, who fought an amateur bout against Brian Maxwell. I don't even know who that guy is, but apparently Chad Ochosenko was his hero. Uh, They fought a a spirited four-round bout. Um, Obviously, those are not uh, Mexican wrestling, as is the luchador masks we're wearing, but it's within that trend. Um, And our Uncle Nick's pick today is El Luchador from Le Trou de Diab, The Devil's Hole, which is a brewery in Shawinigan, Quebec. A couple stories from Uncle Nick I got to share with you guys. Uncle Nick is a legend from his time when he was in high school. Um, There was the Winter Carnival, as we know, Moose, very well. And uh, one of the activities was Grand Prix wrestling. Uh, Him and a few buddies, I'm sure now that Uncle Nick's older, we can tell this story, snuck out. Um, of Latin class back when there was Latin class and they went over the sportsplex um, to make their way into the Grand Prix wrestling event where they got to meet wrestling legends Roy Mr. Universe Calendar Tarzan the Boot Tyler and Maurice Mad Dog Vachon first of all the names back then just completely put to shame all wrestling names today Um, absolutely epic Mad Mad Um, Dog's a Quebec legend He is a Quebec legend, and and there was another one, a legendary crowd-pleaser, the acrobatic Edouard Carpentier. Um, If you listeners want to Google them to get the full story, please do. And of course, Shawinigan is uh, where this brewery, Le Trou de Diable, is, and I can't wait to visit there when I come back home. Um... His uh, hometown of Canada's 20th prime minister for our American listeners, prime minister is the same, similar to the president. Um, Jean Chrétien, good old Jean Chrétien, was uh, famous for a Schwinnigan handshake, which is a, which is a chokehold that he used on a protester, which then became his most requested photo op opportunity. The guy in a <laughs> chokehold. That's how we do it up here in Canada. Uh, final note, the protester who Jean Chrétien, our prime minister, originally choked was, in fact, from the West Island, Dorval, where Moose hails oh. from currently. Mm. What a wild, wild beer. We love Uncle Nick for these picks. Um, and now the beer, El Luchador. Guys, take a sip of this beer. Take a little uh, take It's a little delicious. 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 Mm-hmm. It's very tasty. And that can's beautiful. Um, It's brewed with barley malt and masa harina, the corn flour used in tortillas.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: And lime and a bit bit of pinch salt. So it's a Mexican slash shwinigan lager. And it's a tribute to summertime and happy moments, including that time we all wore luchador masks. It tastes like summertime. It does taste like summertime. And you know what, guys? It's June 6th. Summer, summer, summertime. Reminds me of that Will Smith song. Love it. Um... It is a little itchy, though the mask. I can't wait to get it off. But I, yeah, I, but <laughs> it's I look a little forward, I look forward to finishing the beer, but uh, can't wait to get this mask. Mine's all done. Any words of wisdom, gentlemen, before we part ways from our great Titan gods, Kius, the god of oracles, wisdom and foresight, Moose, and Hyperion, god of light and observation. Um, yeah, well, if I'm uh, the guy to
1: god of light and observation, no, uh, you're the other one. What's mm-hmm. the other
0: one? insight the Oracle's oh. wisdom and foresight.
1: Oh yeah. The uh, uh, waiver wire master
0: three time champion. Yeah, you're getting a little um, aggressive.
1: Maybe it's the mask. Yeah. Always, uh, always listen to your gut. You're, you let your gut guide you.
0: Let yeah. your gut guide you. I
1: like put, it. Put your best gut
0: forward. Uh, put your, put your best gut forward, especially if you're in a luchador boxing match wrestling match. Yeah. And, uh, especially, especially when you're drinking beers, put your best gut forward. All right, don't forget to hit us up on 3 B Pod at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube, Ballers, Beers, and Banter. If you're not already subscribed, get up there and subscribe to us and come check us out with these crazy masks. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao.